This is Doug Green, and I'm the publisher of Telecom Reseller. And today I have with me Steve Douglas, who's the head of market strategy for Spiron. Steve, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Doug. It's great to be here. Well, we're going to be talking about the, a special Spiron 5G report, and that the Spiron 5G report revealed that there might be no single path to revenue. We're going to be diving into that in just a second. But uh, Steve, first of all, what is Spirant? Yeah, so Spirant is one of the, the leading test and assurance uh, businesses in the telecommunications sector. So we pretty much test the devices, the chipsets, the networks, the services that you consume today over both mobile and fixed infrastructure. And we also provide solutions to assure those once they go commercially live. So to help our customers, the service providers, guarantee that you're getting the performance, the quality of experience you're meant to get on their networks. Um, and that's a big part of Sparrow's business. And that, that gives us a unique visibility, Doug, across the complete ecosystem, because I said, you know, right down to the chip device manufacturers work with us right through to the service providers, enterprises, um, who we have to assure their networks. And that's really what the, the 5G report is all about. It's sharing uh, those insights from the businesses that we're working with across the globe. And this is our fourth annual report, um, sharing those insights. And this year's one is based on a, a cumulative of over 2,600 engagements over the last four years, but 800 new engagements during 2022. You know, and I think that's always been a carrier issue from the day people started talking about 5G is, how do we make money from this? Am I right about that? <laughs> Monetization is certainly the the, the the key topic of conversation at the moment because I think everybody realized there was going to be a pretty big sunk investment to you know to build out a, a, a new network. You know, the radio infrastructure is getting spectrum, building out core infrastructure, the transport fiber links that you need to build out. So it really does become about where's where's the money gonna come from? And I think that's a key takeaway we started to, see, you know, we highlight in the report, you know, there is a number of use cases which are starting to come to the fore at the moment, both from a consumer side and from the enterprise side. And I think from the consumer perspective, we certainly saw during 2022 fixed wireless access um, really start to start to be quite profitable. And, and this is where uh, many service providers are looking at a, an alternative to fiber to the home, providing it a, as an over-the-air connectivity. And, what we were seeing in 2022 was the speeds that could be delivered to the home were comparable, if not better, uh, than many, many what cable was being able to deliver. And we also started to see uh, the distance from the cell tower uh, being in ranges of potentially up to two kilometers. And that's really important, Doug, because the further away uh, from the home that you can be, the more macro sites you can reutilize and the more homes you can cover, sort of really helping the business case stack up. I think the second one that we started to see, you know, early early signs of um, monetization opportunities was around mobile gaming. Uh, many of the service provider customers we work with had established partnerships with gaming companies, and uh, I think there's a huge opportunity here to enable ubiquitous and continuous gaming. Uh, the gaming industry is very keen on this. They they want to keep people playing the game as long as possible, uh, especially for advertising revenues. Um, and of course, if you stop playing the game because you're traveling somewhere, well, then you're not connected to that game. So I think there's a huge opportunity for the mobile industry to step in. And what we were seeing was really the the, the service providers trying to figure out, OK, you know, if we're going to offer this, what performance 
what SLAs does our network need to meet to guarantee that you as the gamer gets a, you know, a really good quality experience when you're doing that types of mobility events? And the third area that sort of started to come to the fore as well, Doug, was around voice. Now, you might think voice is a, is a sexy new service. It's been around for a long time. But voice over new radio on the 5G network is a big opportunity because today on the first, I would call it, incarnation of 5G, which is called non-standalone, voice is still you know, is on the 4G network and in many countries is even on 3G networks. And that means that if I'm doing a data session, um, I'm doing a high definition video or doing something and I make a voice call or somebody calls me, I get pushed back onto uh, the legacy generation. Uh, and while that can be a poor experience in terms of my overall, it doesn't allow you as the service provider to start to offer future collaboration services where I want voice, video, data, all on 5G. And many of the service providers we're working with are exploring how that could then be part of their future metaverse types of engagements uh, and how people are going to collaborate and work online. So we're seeing a big trend there. And the last area is really around enterprises, um, the growth in private networks. Um, you know, it's still very early days, um, but we certainly saw a number of our customers focus in on very specific use cases for private network environments around areas like high definition video, uh, which could be used to monitor and track assets, uh, utilizing the really high throughput that the 5G network can provide. Um, and also, again, back to combining data and voice, um, allowing people on, say, the factory floor or in emergency locations to better communicate, combining high-definition video feed with, with uh, really high-quality audio. Uh, and those are some of the areas that we're starting to see gradually come to the fore as part of the monetization opportunity. So it sounds like there's not only a lot of different applications that uh, are appealing and attractive for profit and so on, but uh, as you, as we started to suggest, there's no single path to monetization or, or revenue gains. No, I, th I think that's that was a fair point, and we we highlight that in the report. You know that reality for most service providers, it's going to be you know incremental um, sets of services. You know to 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 provide a compound set of growth. And there's different sort of routes that they're taking to get there, and usually they're traveling them at the same time. There's, uh, most of our customers are on what we would call the service experience pathway. And many of these new services are heavily dependent on they deliver the end user a very high level uh, of good, you know, good perceived service. If you imagine gaming, you expect the gaming quality to be very, very good from, an, uh, from a visual perspective and not drop and not have stutters or lags in it. Um, and similarly, we're seeing it also from the enterprise perspective, where in many cases, these services are mission critical. You know, they cannot fail. So that experience that the end user gets and how you guarantee that the network can deliver them is certainly one of the pathways that's that's being traveled. And uh, it's really that guaranteeing side of it becomes sort of that other pathway, that investment on you know, if I am going to guarantee that the network is going to be able to deliver those, what new mechanisms do I need to invest inside the network to allow me to proactively make, manage the network to make sure that the, the quality is maintained, that uh, the performance doesn't degrade for the end user? And that's triggering, a, uh, I, would, I would really call it a transformation of, of their, their service assurance and their operation support systems to move away from simply just passively monitoring the networks and then taking reactive actions to being uh, more active and proactive, actually testing the network in real time to see is it delivering on that SLA if not why not 
and resolve it there and then before it actually impacts the user. So you're starting to see these these, these sort of pathways of you know uh, being able to deliver on service experience and the mechanisms of how you could guarantee and assure that. So what are you seeing with the 5G core? I think the 5G core is the key enabler to the real monetization effort, but but also actually for the efficiency effort, which gets overlooked sometimes. Um, remember the first flavor that we've got in many markets today of 5G doesn't bring the 5G core. So primarily you're still utilizing the, the 4G core network to do a lot of the, uh, the, the services, the anchoring for the mobility. The 5G core really does allow um, a new architecture. It's a based, it's a cloud-based architecture, um, utilizing the same principles that you, the, the Googles, the Amazons use. So it creates a very flexible capability that allows then the network to be dynamically instantiated or sliced up to provide different capabilities and different services to the end user. And this is really important because there's many use cases that are going to be highly tailored and individualistic. Uh, whether it's to an enterprise or whether it's even at a, at a consumer level. Um, that's a big part of what the 5G core network is going to deliver. The secondary side of it is just the efficiencies that it brings. Because it is now a, a software, uh, a cloud-native architecture, you can benefit from how you manage and operate that. And you can actually start to leverage automation technologies. And that means it's easier to manage. It's more cost-efficient. It's actually even more energy-efficient. Um, and it allows a lot of the service providers, obviously, then to be more competitive. They can rapidly spin up and test new services and differentiate themselves in the markets. So we, we expect a pretty rapid move gradually over the next few years to bring uh, the 5G core in to, to move to the standalone or the full version of 5G. And I think we highlighted in the report, we saw that starting. Uh, there's over, I think, 39 service providers are, are, are have started that journey and commercially launched it. but Considering there's over 750 service providers global, there's still a there's still a way to go. Now, does uh, the cloud play a role in this? Yes, I, as I highlighted, I mean the cloud plays a big role on it and a, a challenging role, I would say. The the architecture of the 5G core allows the opportunity. Obviously, it's a it's a it's a cloud native architecture, so it needs to be hosted on cloud infrastructure. And of course, the opportunity and the challenge for many in the industry is which cloud infrastructure do I use? Do I build my own, have my own telco cloud, uh, which I work with partners like VMware or Red Hat, and I'll develop it and architect it specifically for my need? Or do I take the opportunity to work with some of the public cloud providers, the hyperscalers, uh, the Googles, the Amazons, the Microsoft Azures? And what we're seeing today is a trend is that uh, many of the service providers are exploring both options. Um, they are more comfortable at this stage with the telco cloud because it's under their control um, and they can specifically customize it for some of the nuances of their own networks. But they certainly are interested in the opportunity of potentially using the public cloud infrastructure as, as, a, as an option because there could be greater economies of scale there. There could be bigger uh, cost efficiencies to be gained. So they're testing these both out at the moment. But I would say what we saw in 2022 was the telco cloud, the self-built is still slightly more favored. And uh, are you seeing a, a market materialize now for private networks? Uh, yes, it, it's certainly in its infancy. Um, I mean, private networks have been around for decades. They're not, they're not exactly a new concept, but I would say this 
um, new incarnation of them um, uh, where they're looking to leverage a technology like 5G is still very, very early. I think what we saw during 2022 was many leading industries, um, whether it's in manufacturing, in uh, areas like energy and extractive industries, have already identified a number of key use cases that they believe that uh, a 5G private network could help them um, in terms of some of their business cases, whether it's making their solutions their, uh, more secure, more efficient, more agile. Um, and that's triggering now sort of an, uh, I would say, an early phase of um, trials and small deployments. Um, I think we, I think it's about over 500 we reckon in the last few years of these these initial um, early um, private networks. Um, so there is a long way to go, especially if you think about the whole in, uh, you know market of small, medium sized to large businesses. Uh, where there's tens if not hundreds of thousands of enterprises that could benefit from it so there is a long way to go to get there i think where the market is for the next few years is going to be really solidifying on a mixture of the uh, the value add use cases that can be delivered and the architecture um, of, of what the 5g network needs to look like to deliver on that and the mechanisms that they need and processes you need to put in place to make sure it's cost efficient because enterprises you know they, they they're not building a macro network so they don't want that and somebody's got to run it for them. In many cases, they're not network guys. They don't want to learn that. So automation suddenly becomes a key topic area with them. The more you can automate, the more simple it can be, um, the more opportunity this potentially has to grow. So, you know, as we uh, as we go through this process of, you know, going well beyond adopting 5G and making it basically work for the carriers, what are you guys doing with your clients? How are you helping people through this process? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Aspire as, as as probably the market leader in 5G testing and, and assurance solutions, a, a key focus for us is is how do we accelerate getting our clients from point A of the inception of they want to you know develop a new device or roll out a network to actually commercially getting it off the ground and and we have suites of automated test solutions that allow us to go from that sort of lab R and D environments to rapidly get. Uh, commercial services out into the networks and we have many of the largest service providers in the world uh, working with us to do this and the secondary side is that we focus in on is very much said once these networks or services are commercially launched is how do we then continuously validate uh, the efficacy of that network on triage or you know or resolve issues before they actually impact any end user so again we offer and we provide solutions that uh, go inside the networks um, that actively and continuously test the network in real time uh, to validate you know is the performance being met is the security efficacy good enough if not why not and then we also then figure that out and tell the engineering teams the operation teams what the issue is so they can then uh, proactively resolve it i think in the future uh, our plan is to automate completely that to turn it into closed loop because the goal of many networks in the next sort of five to ten years is to become cognitive or self-driving uh, where hopefully you know we don't have to have as much human interaction but i think we're setting the foundations for that and uh, helping many of our customers as i said in this journey to not only get 5g deployed but actually to monetize it and start to make revenue from it well, Steve, I really want to thank you for joining us today and giving us some real interesting insight into this topic. I know that it's a it's a key thing for, for many of our readers, for many of our operators, and also many, uh, ultimately, many of our customers, uh, the other enterprises and so on out there. Where can we learn more about Spiral? 
Yeah, so if you go to our website, sparent.com, uh, you can find us all about it. Uh, you can also download our fourth annual 5G uh, uh, market report, where you'll get insights right across the globe in terms of what's going on, what are other customers focusing in on, uh, where are the major trends also over the next 18 to 24 months, uh, and that's all at sparent.com. Well, we look forward to, to actually reading that report. I would encourage everyone to, to take a look, but for now, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me.